Well, good morning, everybody. Very warm welcome to you and a very happy new year to you all. And the correct response is, and also with you. Anyway, welcome to our service of morning prayer. I hope that none of you um, were expecting communion today. Unfortunately, we are a clergy-free zone this morning. Last time I said that several years ago, I got a cheer from some reprobate in the back. So it is, um, so Peter and the family are away in Wales. Um, Ursula is also away this weekend, um, I presume in Anglesey, but I haven't checked. But, um, but our prayers go with them. Nonetheless, we still meet here together to meet with our risen Lord at the start of this new year as we um, come, to come to worship him, as we come to hear what he has to say to us. A couple of notices, where would we be without notices? This is the first Sunday of the month, and normally we would have one, our prayer and praise meeting, and, and our, our intercession meeting um, this, this evening. As it's uh, still in the New Year holiday, we've def deferred that to 7 o'clock next Sunday, so please don't come this Sunday. You won't, um, you won't find anybody here. Coffee in the living room, I believe, is due to start on Tuesday week, but obviously with the Omicron situation... Um, go, uh, as it is, that, um, that, has to be, um, that, that has to be under review, so please watch this space. We'll give you further information as we have it. I should have emailed further Margaret. I'm afraid it's one of those things that didn't get done. Alpha, however, will be starting on the 25th of, um, of January. That's three weeks on Tuesday. Tickets should be coming out fairly soon. We had a few problems with delivery, you may find some on the back table where, um, on your way out. Please pray for Alpha. Please pray for anybody who you feel might benefit from it. The advantage of, of Alpha is that uh, this Alpha course is that it is online, so nobody has to turn up anywhere. Nobody has to worry about isolation rules, Omicron, Delta, whatever. You can just come and sit in front of your own computer and, um, and join in and hear what God has to say to us. But please pray for that course we will be um, praying for that later on okay. as it's still christmas tide we have all the christmas um ad uh, all five candles um for the uh, on the advent wreath lit now let's be quiet and just be and be aware of god's presence with us now we stay say from the beginning of the morning service order grace mercy and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ be with you this is the day the lord has made and for this sunday this is the year the lord has made and we're going to start by saying psalm 46 together so would you like to stand And as we face this new year, remember that we face it with Jesus. God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad 
the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our strong fortress. So Lord, as we acknowledge your presence with us, we thank you for these words. We thank you that we can always be confident of your presence with us. We ask now, Lord, that you would stand with us, would stand amongst us as we praise your name, as we open our spiritual eyes to see you. Amen. So our first song is based on that psalm, Be still, for the presence of the Lord, the Holy One, is here.
says, be still, know that I am God. I will be exalted in the heavens. I will be exalted in the earth. And as we stand in the presence of our holy, risen, ascended, and glorified Lord Jesus, in whom no sin is found, Let us come before him in adoration, in thanksgiving for all that he did for us on the cross. And if there's anything in our hearts that's troubling us at the moment, let's bring them to him now. remembering that he has already died for all of our sins. And when he cried out on the cross, it is finished, that's what he meant. So if there is anything troubling, let's just come before, let's come before him now, allow those things, allow him to take them onto the cross. Paul says that God made Christ who knew and had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So let us, where we need to, let us receive forgiveness in faith, knowing that this is the promise of God to each one of us. Amen. Before we turn to the ministry of the word, we're going to sing one more song, one song together, which keeps us focusing on the cross. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest, Jesus, whoever leads and pleads for me. Let's stand and sing together. strong, a perfect plea. 
Sunday after Christmas. Almighty God, you have given us your only begotten Son to take our nature upon him, and as at this time to be born of a pure virgin. Grant that we, who have been born again and made your children by adoption and grace, may be daily renewed by your Holy Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Would you like to be seated, and uh, Sandra will bring us our reading. reading this morning is Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25 the birth of Jesus Christ this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about 
his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sandra. I'm afraid this is turning out to a bit of a one-man show this morning, and I do apologize for that. I thought rather than the, um, I hate to use the expression, but it feels like the canned sermon that we were sent by the diocese, I did a short meditation on the word Emmanuel. And when I say short, can I hasten to add that um, I'm afraid I cannot add any guarantees about that, but I will try and keep my natural enthusiasm in check. I wonder how many of you thought as we did that opening bit of liturgy, this is the year the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. I wonder how many of you struggled to say that. I mean, if you look at what's going on at the moment, we don't know which way COVID is going. There are all sorts of economic repercussions in this country because of COVID, because of labor shortages as a result of Brexit, because of rising fuel prices. We, we, uh, we look at our own finances, we worry about those who really are struggling with poverty. We look at the world stage. We look at China suppressing democracy and threatening Taiwan. We look at Russia doing much the same and threatening the Ukraine. And we think to ourselves, how can we wish each other a happy new year? And I want to suggest that the answer is to be found in that prophecy that was referred to at the end of our reading. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and she shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us, as Sandra read so beautifully. 
And the message that God, I think, is wanting to say to us this morning is we can go forward into this, into this new year. Not expecting it to be all easy, not to expect it to be a bed of roses, because, because this is a fallen world. And in a fallen world, fallen things happen. But we know that God is with us. And I want to spend a few minutes just meditating on that. But first, I just, because it's interesting, I'd like to take a slight digression and just look at the circumstances in which that prophecy was given. Because we all know the prophecy. But if you look back into your, into your um, Old Testament history, you will find there was a king called Ahaz, king of Judah. Now, all the kings of Judah and of Israel seem to have divided into uh, two groups. There are the bad kings or good kings. I'll try not to draw any... Um, uh, any parallels with Santa Claus here. But there were either people who, uh, they were kings who trusted in God in the way that David did, or there were people who did what was evil in the sight of God. And unfortunately, Ahaz was one of those. And as happened, as I said, in a fallen world, fall, fallen things happened. And the king of Assyria and the king of Israel and goodness knows who else uh, made war on his borders. And he got, needless to say, quite, um, quite alarmed. And rather than God saying, well, it's your fault, you did what's evil in my sight, this is the evil you've brought down on your head, God says, this isn't going to happen. I'm going to be with you. Ask me for a sign. And Ahaz says, I'm not asking for a sign. It says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Which is a bit of a cocking a snoop to the Lord, which is not a safe thing to do. And I was immediately drawn to the parallel of the only other time that, that we hear that voice, that, sorry, that voice, that verse quoted in the Bible, which of course, of course is Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And Satan comes and tells him, you know, throw, your, um, th you know, throw yourself off, uh, off this building. Um, you know, let's, ha let's have a nice miraculous sign so that everybody follows you. And Jesus says, you shall not put your Lord your God to the test. And the difference is, of course, we've got the evil one tempting Jesus to do something which is outside of God's will. And on the other side, we have the great God in his grace. I mean, when you think about it, it's amazing. God saying, no, I, yeah, you've done all that is evil in, in my sight, and yet I still want to bless you, I still want to help you. And uh, Ahaz basically does the uh, Old Testament equivalent of waving two fingers at God, which, which again is not a sensible thing to do. And so God says, are you going to try my patience? I'm going to give you a sign anyway, but it's a sign none of you are going to see for 600 years or whatever it was. And he give, proceeds to give this prophecy, prophecy, the virgin shall be with child, and you bring forth a son, and we'll, and we'll call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Nothing, not the intransigence of men, not the unbelief of men will get in the way of God wanting to bless his people. And that is the God in whose presence we are in today. God with us. You might think, yeah, that's nice. You know, God's, God's coming down, we're going to have a jolly together with him. But just think of the life of Jesus. We've been through this before. Born in abject poverty. His family having to run for their lives. 
refugees in a foreign country, his life in danger, Come back, came back to Israel, a once glorious name, um, nation, now under the, um, under the yoke of the Romans, being treated as such, as a subject, um, subjugated to the Roman authority. He knew human grief, as we know that, we, that Joseph and Mary take, a, uh, take, take part in the early stories, but when we get to the uh, story of Jesus' ministry, of course, it was just Mary, Joseph presumably having passed on. He knew what it was to be betrayed by his, be his best friend, or one of his best friends. He knew what it was, it was to be victim of political machinations. He knew what it was to suffer the persecution and rejection of the world because he stood up for good, because he was good. He knew the agony of being crucified, which is, as well as being one of the most painful deaths, is also one of the most humiliating deaths. And in all these things, he shares. We know, because scripture tells us, that he was tempted in every way that we are. When Paul says in Philippians that, that, uh, that Jesus emptied himself, he stripped himself bare of everything except and he, and he came to earth and lived with the same resources that you and I lived. He shared our temptations, he shared our griefs, he shared our struggles. When we are angry, he knows. But of course, he did all that, as, as the scripture tells us, without sin. And therefore, he can now, as the scripture continues to tell us, he can now continue to live and pray, and pray for us in heaven we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our needs but knows them fully and therefore can make intercession to God for us so God is with us as we go into the new year he knows about all, all about wars he knows all about famines he knows all about poverty he knows all about coldness he knows all about homelessness remember he, he said foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head this is the cost of the ministry that he took. He knew all these things, and know he knows them with us. So as we face this year, he knows. Graham Kendrick knew this well, well um, a well-known song from, um, from Make Way for the Cross. He walked where I walk. He stood where I stand. He felt what I feel. He understands. He knows my frailty, shared my humanity, Tempted in every way, yet without sin. God with us, so close to us. God with us, Emmanuel. But actually, it's, it's actually deeper than that. Paul in Colossians tells us that one of, the, one of the great secrets of the kingdom of heaven that we've been let into is this. Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's not just with us, he is in us. And just as there's an immense, incredible closeness between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, there is equal closeness, 
dare I say, between the Godhead and us. This is what Jesus achieved for us when he died in our place on the cross. That he took us into the grave with him and that we therefore rise with him and we rise and we live with him. I have been crucified with Christ, said St. Paul, and I no longer live, but the life I do live, I live by faith in the Son of God who was, who was killed for me. Just as Jesus could say, anybody who has seen me has seen the Father, because he only did what the Father did, told him to do. He only said what he heard the Father say. Just as the Holy Spirit doesn't speak of his own, of his own back, but only takes the words of Jesus, takes what he hears from Jesus and witnesses to them in our hearts. And so, and, and so, and that is the principle, or one of the principles of unity within the Godhead. And we are called to share in that. We were called to share in that by listening to God and only, the challenge is to only hear, only say what he says, uh, what we hear him saying, and to do what he, we hear him telling us to do. I'll come onto that a little bit more in a moment. So it's almost like a continuation of the incarnation. God still lives in human flesh, but by his spirit he lives in each one of us. And he is with us. There are all sorts of implications of that. I want to briefly touch on two of these. There are a lot of things I'm touching on which could almost make up sermon series in their own right, so excuse me for skating along over a few things. First of all, when we are tempted, it's not just that God is with us. God is in us. His Holy Spirit is in us. We have resources against temptation that we've only, begun, only just begun to discover. If we are angry with someone and need to forgive and find it difficult, God in us forgives. We, need to, we just need to believe that, follow it. But also, if God is in us and we are listening to him and we're following his way, he's going to start using us in the same ministry that he had, which is to reach out to others. Now, just bear in mind that we're not doing it because we've been told to. We're doing it because we love Jesus. And our love for Jesus must be first of all, but it must be paramount. But because we love Jesus and we're walking with him, if he says to us, go and pray for that chap over there. Go and pray for that, that lady who needs healing. Go and tell that person that God is with them and he loves them. Go and give so much money to that cause, whatever. But to really know Jesus in our hearts to have, is to have our attention drawn upwards and outwards. I always worry about some of these, uh, a lot of these worship sessions that we're, that we're here of, where we become, we're very good at look, looking upwards, but it's at the same time we're looking at ourselves. Did we have a good time um, of worship? That's not where it's at. We worship, we express our love to God, but our love to God is expressed by following him into the world where he went. And yes, that's sometimes going to be costly. So, what's our response to this going to be? 
You've heard from time to time, we've all heard from time to time, this phrase, practicing the presence of God. And when, and usually whenever we do so, everybody thinks of that uh, 17th century monk, Brother Lawrence, who started off as a footman, decided that he needed to go into a monastery so God could deal severely with all his sins and shortcomings. And a lovely turn of phrases, he says, in this, God greatly disappointed me. Because he's just poured blessing after blessing on me. That's a lesson we can do with taking to heart. Paul says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This really, in one way, is, um, is a scripture that underline, underlines the whole principle of faith. We believe... We believe God is with us because he says he's with us. We need to just take, we need to take the word of God into ourselves. And it, it's a matter of obedience, really. We say, yes, this is true. As I said before, it doesn't mean that difficult things aren't going to happen to us. They are. And the sad thing is uh, a lot of people take their eyes off God and they look at the circumstances and, God, uh, and say, God, why have you done this to me? And that's, that's all very well, but who is answerable to who here? In the book of Job, when Job go, uh, goes through all that suffering and then has to put up with his quote-unquote comforters, and he cries out to God, why have you done this to me? And yet God's only answer is to show him an enormous vision of himself. It takes about four chapters at the end of Job. It's wonderful reading if you haven't looked at it. And Job repents. And what does he repent of? He repents of his anger against God. And he repents of assuming that God is in some way answerable to him. He's not. We are answerable to, to God. And the sooner we get that right in our minds, the better. The practice of the presence, then, um, says Leanne Payne, is simply the discipline of calling to mind the truth that God is with us. When we consistently do this, the miracle of seeing by faith is given. We begin to see by the eyes of our hearts. A lot of people, quite a number of people have, um, have, have written on this. There are, a couple of, there are a couple of themes that come out. First of all, it is by faith, as we've discussed already, faith saying that something that God says is true, whether we experience it or not. C.S. Lewis draws a distinction between the presence of God and the sensation or the feeling of the presence of God. The presence of God is always with us. The feeling of, and the joy of the uh, and the emotion the, that sometimes happens occurs occasionally as an encouragement to us. No, I, put, I don't think I've put that quite right. But it, it doesn't. It's not there all the time. But because we don't have the feeling there, it doesn't mean that God's not there. We need to hang on to that. We need to persevere with this. Oswald Chambers says, in the initial stages, stages, it's a continual effort until it becomes so much the law of life that you abide in Him unconsciously. Notion your mind with the idea that God is there. If once the mind is notioned along that line, then when you are in difficulties, it is as easy as breathing to remember why. 
My father knows about it all. It's not an effort. It comes naturally when perplexities press. So it does involve discipline. It involves effort. Well, effort is possibly the wrong word, but we need persistence. Perseverance. And it will come. One final quote, this time from C.S. Lewis. Christ says, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. That is why the real problem with the Christian life comes where people do not look, usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in shoving them all back. In listening to that other voice. Taking that other point of view. Letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And so on all day. And he goes on to say, we can do it only for a few moments at first, but from those moments, the new sort of life will be spreading through our systems. Because now we are letting him work at the right part of us. I think a lot of people find that when they start doing that, of course, they, they come up against everything within themselves that doesn't want to do it. And I think, if I'm honest, I'm, I'm at that stage at the moment. And that is where it, you know, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes per persistence. But remember that God is with us. God loves us. God has already paid the penalty for our sins. And we can um, come into his presence. He's encouraging us to do so. And yes, we're going to fail. We're going to get it wrong. We're going to fall flat on our faces. But always God says, pick yourselves up. Let's have another go. Keep walking with me because I haven't changed in my love to you. My, my salvation has not changed. So perhaps in this new year, if, you want to make, if one wants to make any resolutions at all for the new year, and it's not something I usually believe in, shall we try and make a resolution to practice the presence of God with us. To make an effort every day. You may be doing this already, in which case I'm, I, I apologize. I know I need to hear this. <laughs> and let's walk on with God together, whatever this year brings. Amen. We're going to sing another Kendrick song now about Emmanuel. Would you like to stand?
we've been talking about faith. Let's proclaim our faith. If you remain standing, we shall say together, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, Light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Would you like to be seated for our prayers? Let us start by praying for the worldwide church. Let us pray that the worldwide church might be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. That we as members of that worldwide church and all our brothers and sisters across the world may know the peace of Christ in their hearts and the joy of Christ in their hearts and the love of Christ in their hearts and all the other fruit of the Spirit as they allow him to fill them. And Lord, we pray that we and they might be witnesses 
say that all, although all is dark, there are difficulties throughout the world. Yet Jesus Emmanuel is with us and we can share his love and his light with you. So Lord, anoint us all, stir us up in our love for you that we might be blessings to others. We pray for the leaders of our own, our own church, the Church of England, for our archbishops, our bishops, for wisdom as they have to tread a difficult line between the, between the demands of spiritual leadership and the demands of being on the political stage. Please, Lord, give them wisdom. Fill them with your spirit and hold them in your love. We pray for our own leaders, for Peter and his family away on holiday, for Ursula, for Jeanette, and for all others in any form of leadership within this, this part of the body, all group leaders, those who, look, those who work for the pastoral care of our members, and for those who lead this work. We pray for the anointing of your spirit on them, Lord, that you fill them again with your love. And we pray for the leaders of all other branches of the body of Christ in this kingdom, in this uh, country. We pray for the Methodist Church. We pray for the United Reformed. We pray for all the house churches who meet regularly, for the Pentecostal churches. And we pray too, Lord, for the Catholic Church. We pray for their leaders that, that they might know, just as we pray for ourselves, that we might know your love and might fall in love with you afresh. Lord, in your mercy, we pray for our world. <coughs> we pray for those areas where there is threat of war, the Ukraine, the Taiwan, the Yemen, the many parts of Africa. We pray for all these areas where there is racial strife and tension for whatever reason. Whereas, Lord, we confess that we do not know often how to pray here. Probably best, Lord, to pray in the words you gave us. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all those facing poverty, disease, hunger, starvation. And in particular, we lift 
up the people of Afghanistan. We do want to pray, Lord, for the rulers of the other nations in the world, particularly those who put up sanctions against Afghanistan and against the Taliban. Lord, I for one don't know whether that is wise or not, but it certainly hasn't helped the situation. Lord, if we need to change there, please reveal it to our leaders. pray for your blessing on all those working to relieve hunger. We pray, Lord, that you would remove all obstacles to their work. Lord, in your mercy, hear us. We pray for our government. We pray for the governments of our four nations having to struggle with how best to respond to the, the Omicron variant, to the challenges of Brexit, to the challenges of rising fuel prices. We pray your wisdom for each of them, Lord. We pray for integrity within government. We pray, Lord, that you would show them they have their position in leadership in this country and their authority from you. So, Lord, please give them wisdom and give us grace to continue to pray for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear us. Let us finish by saying the words of the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we who forgive against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Shall we stand and sing our last hymn? Which is a variation on the song that Mary sung when she knew that she was going to bear the Lord Jesus. Tell out my soul the greatness of the Lord.
as we finish one final prayer. Lord, we thank you that you send us out into the world, reminding us that I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And so, Lord, will you go with us, knowing that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Fill us with your love, Lord, and use us to be a blessing to others. Because we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shall we finish by saying the grace to each other? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming, everybody. It's been good to meet with you this morning.